Welcome to the podcast channel of the East Bay Unity Intergroup of Overeaters Anonymous. The opinions expressed here are those of individual members and do not represent OA as a whole. For more information about our intergroup, please visit our website at eastbayoa.org. Hi, I'm Coco. I'm a compulsive overeater. I'm really grateful to be at this meeting and to have been asked to um, speak. Hang on, I'm just going to put more people on the screen. Yay, there we go. Um, so just so you know, I'm probably going to get interrupted by my kid, my husband, and several animals. That's just a fact. I can't keep them away from me. Um, okay. <laughs> so uh, I really... I'm super honored to be asked to speak at this meeting. This is my home meeting for many years, and I still consider it to be my home meeting. I'm really grateful for Zoom. Um, and I got my license this year, so when we are no longer digital, I am definitely going to be driving to Berkeley. Uh, I think I'll... Uh, share on the tool sponsorship um but real quick i want to stick to the, the like you know old adage of like what it was like what happened and what it's like now and try to kind of incorporate that so uh what it was like uh i think i was born with this disease it's a generational thing that happened in my family i recognize it in other people in my family um, and I definitely have it. I was reading in the 12 and 12 with my sponsor um, this past Tuesday uh, where it was talking about, um, you know, like the different things uh, that we've done as compulsive overeaters that kind of uh, chalk up to like identifying oneself as a compulsive overeater. And it talks about, you know, eating food off of other people's plates, stealing food, stealing money for food, hiding food, um, all of those things. I did all of them. Um, and, you know, uh, it's probably no, you know, it won't come as a surprise. Like, I grew up in a very uh, volatile household. Um, like, my parents, I know my parents came from as volatile, as volatile and dangerous of households as I did if not more so um and they did their best but uh you know their best still involved um you know uh, child abuse it just did um i don't know it definitely didn't happen to my sisters as much as it did to me um but it did you know and so food and body image just got completed with those things and um, I'm smiling because I already heard my door click open. <laughs> so, um, you know, it was, I both used, I used food and um, abusing my body as ways to cope with what was happening. Um, as I, I've heard many other people in this program say, which is how I know I belong here. You know, um, so I mean, I I feel like I 
I've done, I've done many things to try to control my weight. Like it says in the books, you know, I tried diets, I tried different ways of eating, I tried giving up certain foods, I was white knuckling it in program for many years, I um, was obsessed with calories for a while, I was bulimic, I, you know, it would smoke weed because I thought it would increase my metabolism and then I could eat, you know, and that was not logical um so lots of different things you know i did some hard drugs that i thought also would like speed up my metabolism and then come down and eat you know um so um lots of wonderful things and you know i had a partner that i ate with too um and all of those things really carved a very nice stone seat for me in this program. Um, and I started uh, coming to OA because um, there was a meeting in another fellowship that was right before the 100 pounders meeting in San Francisco. And so I literally, it was the adjacent room. So I started going to that meeting and um, it was pretty profound for me because here were these people who had lost, you know, a hundred pounds or more through the program and everything they were saying I could relate to. And so um, I could equally feel as at home in that meeting as I could anywhere else in the program. So um, that was a real turning point, point for me. Um, and so I like to say that I, uh, you know, was kind of, I really came into support of program very addict style. I was like, oh, cool, like no sugar, no alcohol, no smoking. That's what I'm gonna do. And um, I was a crazy person for three months. I was walking around with no skin on. Um, I had no recovery in other programs. Like they say, you know, um, I've heard people say like, get like five years under your belt or three years under your belt and like another program and then start another program. And I didn't do that. I was like three programs in six months, just do this. And, um, you know, my like ego actually like kind of worked in my favor. I don't know how it, I don't necessarily love the effect it had on other people in my life having to deal with me being like stripping away all of my coping mechanisms. Um, but I do know that I became unemployed. I was couch surfing and I was, and I essentially, you know, pulled a geographic or ran away from home like the second time. Um, so I had lots of times and lots of, lots of time and lots of desperation. So I was at meetings like every single day. And um, that really saved me. I mean, I feel like it saved my life. Um, so this program, you know, I my first sponsor said, Seven you minutes. Work, thanks. You're going to work this program as if your life depends on it, because someday it will. Um, and that was, was certainly true for me. Uh, so um, that was kind of like what it was like, what happened on um, go. Uh, so, um, into sponsorship, 
I would say that sponsorship has been like the number one tool for me in this program. Um, you know, I, I look at my food plan and abstinence differently. I used to think that my, my abstinence was my food plan. And now I think my abstinence is not eating in ways that hurt my body. Uh, Cause I do have chronic pain and I have mental illness um, in addition to this disease. So um, the absence that I work towards is, uh, you know, and what I hope to have through this program is uh, serenity around food and body image uh, to stop abusing my body with food and let go of the denial that certain foods really cause or uh, inflate my chronic pain. Um, and I think probably also trigger like my anxiety as well. Um, and to have peace around the weight that I'm at, regardless of where I am in the stage of my life. And so, um, you know, I was certainly abstinent or abstaining from, you know, sugar and flour and alcohol, but like I was still very addicted to control, controlling myself and trying to keep my world rigid and small. And so, um, at my lowest point in weight, it was because I had checked like a BMI index and I was still 15 pounds over what it said the lowest weight was. And honestly, it was dangerously low. It was ridiculous. The BMI was wrong, very wrong. And, um, I, uh, I got pregnant. And so, um, being pregnant was an ex totally an experience and being in a way was really wonderful in pregnancy because it did keep me from this old fantasy that I had when I came into the program, which was like, Ooh, when I'm pregnant, I can eat anything I want because I'm supposed to gain weight, you know, and then my body is supposed to look big and, um, being in a way like certainly dispelled that, um, and I, sorry, I just want to come back to the tool, tools real quick. Um, when I came out of pregnancy, you know, there was like three different chunks of like the way my life was changing. And I was saying to my sponsor earlier this week, I was like, you know, the idea that my abstinence and my program, working my program would look the same from when I came in at a certain age and a certain time in my life and where I am now is kind of laughable because it's like, I'm not at all the same person. So why would it look the same? Um, and that's something I really have to like come to terms with because I didn't want to redefine my abstinence. I didn't want to find peace in a new way. I didn't want to there's so many things I didn't want to do. I, I saw improvising my way through every day and like subtly, you know, being uh, holding on to control would be easier. And fr frankly, it's harder, so much harder to not surrender and, you know, be willing to work this program in, in like a way that suits my life now. And I think that it benefits my family and the people that I love to keep working my program and to be willing to adapt to what my higher power wants it to look like and is offering me. 
Um, so I've been a sponsor in a way, um, and I have, but mostly I've had like some really amazing sponsors in this program. And my experience with sponsors has been and continues to be that they are a loving witness. Uh, sponsors I've had have been able to relate to me and reflect their own experience, strength, and hope. They've been able to laugh with me and say, like, I did that, or, um, you know, here is what I did. And then even though the story may have been completely different, I could still glean these uh, important principles of what they had gone through and how it adapted or suited me in my life. Um, but mostly sponsors have been working the steps with me. They would more experience in the steps than I did and um, were willing to take me through the steps. And being grounded in that is what kept me coming back over and over again to recovery because like it's cool to share war stories, but if I can't uh, ground them in the you know spiritual practices of the program and the step work, then um, we are like two besties like chatting or they're just another fellow for me. But sponsorship helps me go deep into what these issues are for me and get healing, like really core level valuable healing. Uh, for these things and that makes it uh, easier and more graceful for me to work towards the abstinence that I think my higher power wants for me in this program. Um, so right now I am at, I'm on like step two with my sponsor and uh, in a very safe COVID way, uh, we actually met up at her house and that was such a gift because uh, my house can be very um, busy at times, uh, which is kind of an understatement. Um, and we were able to go through like the reading, you know, kind of like big book study style, where like read a paragraph or two and then share on it and share about the things that really uh, resonate. And so um, just doing that and answering some really clear, clear questions help me get to honesty, helps me get past like the false cheerfulness, any bravado, any like trying to keep it together. And um, I think I'm to hear that. Um, could you also give me like a one minute warning at the very end? Um, okay, cool. So uh, something I heard a few years ago at um, like away recovery day, it's like the tops, it's like something like that. Um, I heard a speaker say, um, I spend all my trying, not trying, trying to not show you who I am inside, and I want you to love me unconditionally. And it's like the two of those things don't go together. I can't be loved unconditionally if I'm not showing people who I am. And I'm not being vulnerable. And at the same time, the only way I can be vulnerable and know who I am is by working the steps with my sponsor. Um, because that's, for me, is like the number one relationship I have to peeling down those like image walls 
um, and letting, you know, somebody in, you know, even more so than my husband, you know, it's like such incredible intimacy and that's such a, a beautiful gift. And um, to do it without, to be able to share that stuff without any judgment. And um, I will say that I went to the doctor a couple of days ago and I'm like, I don't know, it's something like eight or 10 pounds over what I, what is like my uh, denial brain, disease brain weight of like, ooh, as long as you're at this weight, everything you're doing in your program is right. And it's like, no, dude, we're in the middle of a pandemic. You're fucking snacking most of the day. You're exhausted dealing with a three and a half year old that like trying to figure out this century issue or if he's just losing his mind because he's three and it's a pandemic. He can't see any of his friends. And like it's crazy and anxiety provoking for me every single time we go outside. Um, and then my dogs are often sick. My oldest dog has been through like three health scares. Um, I'm taking an Arabic class, trying to like distance from my family technologically, audibly, all that jazz. I mean, I'm working on my marriage. Like, I constantly have shit going on. I'm working like two other, two to three other programs at all times. You know, it's like, okay, I gained 10 pounds. What the fuck? I still have to work the steps and love myself. You know, like, my weight is not my higher power. I really want it to be. And it really feeds into these, like, you know, really internalized, you know, like racist and sexist and, you know, capitalist ideas of what I need to look like. Uh, Cause I am first generation Arab. I am white passing. I do identify as like queer and a woman of color, um, even though I may not look like that. And there's like a lot of intersectionality there, which also is like difficult for me not presenting like that in life. Um, so there's all these like, you know, masks that I put on and then I'm trying to look a certain way because I think that if I look like, you know, these women who have the most white privileges in society, then I'm going to win. I'm going to have power. I'm going to finally not feel like I'm other. I'm going to look rich. I'm going to have opportunities. I'm going to be able to not have, you know, my chronic pain will disappear. I'll be able to have like all these jobs that proves something about me and that I'm a winner, like all that shit. And I was, I can talk to my sponsor about that. I could, you know, because it's hard for me to like, I can't bring that to every conversation. It's just not safe. Um, but it's safe for me with, with her. It's been safe with other sponsors in the past. So, um, that the last thing I'll say is that, um, it is still so valuable to me, valuable to me, and so impressive, and really so, uh, you know, miraculous to me that there are people who want to love me, want to help me heal, um, who do it out of the goodness of their hearts, who want to share their time with me, you know. Who want to do those things? I mean, it's, I mean, I, it's, I mean, and they don't want anything back from me. I mean, I, there's no, um, 
there's no manipulate emotional manipulation there's no strings attached like it helps them just to help me and i mean i don't know where else i get that but in 12-step recovery in an OA. so um i'm really looking forward to hearing other people share you have one minute thank you oh wow perfect time. um and I really am so grateful for all of you. I couldn't have done this without, you know, my fellows and the gift of this program. So um, I love all of you. Uh, and yeah, thanks so much for asking me to speak. And um, I pass.